0: end of the month. I said last week we were going to start in Amos, but uh, I decided this week we were going to delay that by one week. So if you don't mind, I know you won't mind, yeah. Uh, we're going to start next week, or willing, um, and uh, jump in uh, at that point in time. We'll do a lot of background work next week, Not study on prayer, but uh, I've been doing a, a little study on my own about prayer. And 1295, I think, is very instructive on the subject. It has been shown repeatedly in surveys and studies, statistically uh, uh, discussing with Christians. Um, uh, Gallup has done polls. Uh, Barna has done multiple polls. As much as you can trust statistics. Um that and I don't want to give you exact statistics, but the vast swath of Christianity would clearly be described as prayerless. And I I would suspect that those polls are pretty accurate. In fact, I would argue they're very accurate. Um in dialogue with Christians over my almost sixty years. Let's scrape out the uh, first five or six. You don't remember much about those. But in living a Christian lifestyle, living in the church, and then later on becoming a full-time Christian worker at camp, and then going to seminary, college and seminary, and then being full-time at a Christian school, and then pastoring. Um, all through my life, one of the things that I've observed, in others as well as myself, I'm excluding myself from the category, and that is a general prayerlessness. Now, maybe that's not you. Maybe you are someone who uh, just find yourself living in the midst of prayer, and the grand summation of your life is prayer. Well, praise the Lord. You should probably want to teach this, not me. I am certainly not bringing this to us today because I've nailed
1: it down, I'm not this amazing prayer person. Not my age, imagination.
0: I am challenged personally by prayerlessness. I'm convicted by that. I don't know about you, but I find myself, at the same time when I realize how prayerless I do with my life, I find myself. Doing, falling into the trap that people fall into all the time. Your are all the time. You know what it is? a framework. more. And so I start trying to framework it. And how long does that last? About as long as most of our New Year's resolutions last, right? It just doesn't last. There's no, anything to it that doesn't back it up. That I have often kind of wrestled with. Why do I find myself not praying more than I pray? Why do I find myself and why do I find others living prayerless lives? Approaching all the various aspects of our lives prayerlessly. Why is this? Why and where do we get this idea? This is one that's always intriguing. Where do we get this idea that? I gotta have devotions and then pray afterwards, and it's almost like that's my like daily pills. But somehow that, that prayer that I give, whether it's 15 minutes, 5 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, that somehow it's a, it's like a, a long release, or a time release pill. You know, you take it and it works 12 hours. That's not prayer. That's not how prayer works. And deep within ourselves, we know that. Deep within, within ourselves, we know that that's not even close to the, to the biblical description, as well as mandate, as well as teaching of prayer. So the thing, one of the things that I always struggle with is, why do I not pray more? Something that I always struggled with is, why don't I pray I mean, always with this, what causes me not to pray more? Now, before I get started into our study of Psalm 95, we need to say this. Too often, I find, we as Christians, if I may use an illustration, too often we as Christians we find ourselves, we're in a home that's heated with a wood stove, and it's cold in there. It's cold in the house. you got a wood stove, it's cold. And you sit around all day long and say, "Wow, well, I don't understand why it's so cold." I think I'll just put a coat on, and I'll put more clothes on, and more clothes on. But the house—what's the problem? The house is what? Still cold. That makes sense. this is like not rocket science. yet, get it, right? What's the problem? The problem. Isn't that you gotta work? The problem, first of all, the problem is solved because you have a wardrobe full of winter clothes. Because, you know, it's really interesting what happens. If you do that in wintertime and your house is getting cold and you put more and more clothes on, more and more blankets on your bed, all we're doing is delaying the inevitable, aren't we? Inevitably, what's going to happen? Help me out. So the fire's going to go out, what else then happens? <laughs> you eventually <don't> <laughs> What else happens? Eventually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, eventually pipes start breaking, don't they? And water spraying everywhere, and then we got a real mess, don't we? And eventually you show your whole house, don't you? Oh, a whole house is destroyed. Why? Well, it's simple, because there's what? There's no fuel in the, in the stove. If there's fuel in the stove, the pipes would burst, ultimately, and right away, we wouldn't have to put it on all the clothes. And now, I, I use the illustration really purposely, because here's what happens. In our spiritual walk, we find coldness, don't we? We start to find coldness. And you know what we do? We say, I need to cold, And then we start putting clothes on. They're not physical clothes. We start putting clothes on, don't we? And the clothes are what? They're other things that we think will satisfy us or fulfill us. We start putting other things on. Does that make sense? Are you following so far? But they don't, do they? And so what do we do? Put more on, don't we? And they don't satisfy. And so we do what? We put more on. And before you know it, I mean crafting money was not really funny. We become a moron. <laughs> anyway. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. I just thought of that right now. I didn't know it would be wasn't it, man? But we keep putting more clothes on and more clothes on, spiritually speaking, which are nothing more than putting on, we use the biblical term, what? Taking to ourselves idols, isn't it? We're just taking to ourselves idols and saying, well, this will satisfy. That will satisfy. This other thing will fulfill. This one will keep me Happen? Or spiritual spiritual My frustration right now because Christ is water. Yeah. I, I, you point? all these So the question that we've got to ask ourselves is only about the answers to many other castors. What we need is fuel in the fire, Or fuel in, 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 in the wood stove, I mean, so to speak. Spiritual wood stove. There needs to be fuel there. When I'm cold, it's because there's no fuel. Pretty obvious, is not it? Well, let's follow the passage. Let's read the entirety of so many, and then we'll break it down. Because the psalmist says, Oh, come. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. to the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hands are the depth of the earth, the height of the mountains are his also, the sea is his, for he created it. And his hands form the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harm your hearts as at Meribah, for the day at Nassau, the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test. To put, they put me to the, to the proof, though they had seen my mark. For forty years, I gloat that generation that they are people who go astray in their heart. They have not come my way. Therefore, I swore my wrath. and shall come my hands. Now the text breaks down into three categories. The first category is one through five. Praise God. One through five, praise God. Six and seven, worship God, which is including prayer. In fact, now I would argue six and seven is including putting prayer front and center in the, in the worship. Not in excluding or making making listening to the word taught secondary, but clearly I think you can argue very strong prayer. From that, I would say, this is just a big overview. From that, I would say this. People who don't praise well, don't pray well. Does that make sense? The psalmist puts them too close together. He intertwines them too tightly. If you don't praise well, you don't pray well. You don't, to say it a different way, you don't praise much, you don't pray much. Now what's really interesting is the psalmist here put the initial phrase, verse one through five, he puts he gets really specific about what? <coughs> what activity? What? Saving. It's interesting. One through five saving is, is, is a very again. Front and center way of not praying, but giving praise. Correct? It's a front and center way of giving praise. And it's not just in this text, it's all through the, especially Psalms. I mean the biggest book in the Bible is the Hebrew Psalter, we can't miss that. And by the way, those aren't the only Psalms. There's a whole lot of other songs in the Old Testament. There's some in the New Testament as well. For example, um, in Philippians chapter 2, a big chunk of Philippians chapter 2 is a song. You've got many, many other songs written throughout Scripture. Many songs. And even in glory. What's happening in glory all the time? They're singing. It's all the time. I would submit to you that God gave us the gift of singing for His great purpose. We do praise God. It's front and center. That's why a number of years ago I asked Andrew if we would increase it from just three songs to six. I really want singing to be front and center in our worship, it's not just about singing words. We're going to see a little bit that there's something much deeper. The fuel is not the activity. The fuel is not the activity of singing. The fuel is not the activity of praying. The fuel is something else the I would submit to you, again, before we get into the specifics of the text, there's two problems that we have, and they're both evidentiary problems. And one thing that we're talking about is we don't pray. It's the evidence. It's the evidence of a problem. Number two is pray about all the wrong things. I have not know if you've ever done this. I've challenged, I've challenged this, about this before. I don't know if we've done this or not. But I would really exhort you all to do something really important. And that is go on the computer. We have a great tool called this, called this computer. Go on the internet, another great tool to choose, right? And search for all the prayers in the scriptures. You can print them out. You just start reading. Start reading. And you won't get them all. Because basically, Psalm 150 Psalms are, are almost all prayers. If you don't, if, it if it doesn't identify all the psalms. So you can just take all the psalms as well. You can is you your Bible and start reading them. But the vast majority of the Psalms are also prayers. You start reading the prayers and you and you start considering your prayers, and you will discover something really dramatic. When you start comparing and contrasting what you pray about with the biblical prayers, that you find from Genesis through Revelation. If you're fine. If you are a prayer, you're fine pray about all the wrong things. That's what you're fine. You're fine to pray all the wrong things. Now, there should be nothing new to you. I've said that many, many times. Again, the problem is an evident problem. It shows that there's a deeper problem. See, what we pray about, what we pray for all the time, shows where our priorities are. It shows us something really important. If we pray, and we're praying about all the wrong things, what we're saying is, I know there's no fuel in the wood stove, but I just want these coats. As we're praying. Just give me these coats, God. I know there's no fuel in the spiritual wood stove, I'm cold, give me this, give me that, heal this person, give me safety, give me this, take care of me this way, take care of me that way, take care of somebody else that other way, or whatever the case may be. We're chasing after all those things. So if we pray at all, too often we're all about praying right now. Again, those just reveal another term where right revealing the problems. That's what they are tonight. Before we get into the text, let me just ask you to ask yourself this question. Just because of what we've already seen, just maybe a little spiritual breaking up a of fallow ground by asking you a few questions. Question number one.
1: Is a major theme
0: of your life today, singing praise for a major theme this? This is a really important question, it's a question of how to avoid it. Is a major theme, I'm not talking about how I have Christian music playing in the background, that's what I think about it. No, I'm saying is your heart being uplifted in praise, it should evidence itself because this is the way God made us in on. Isn't it? And then, secondly, we're going to revisit both of them. I'll just be general about second exactly. thing. Is the theme of your life the recurring thing of your day? majors of your day and you find yourself. praying I'm not talking about if you have your even as a day where Do you find that your day is characterized? Now right before we jump to the text, please don't already tune me out by saying I got just sing more and think about God's more and pray more. Miss <coughs> the whole one. Remember, we're talking not about the, any activity. We're talking about what's the fuel. What should the fuel? So let's look at that again and break it down in verse five verses. Oh, come, let us sing. One more thing. Since since verse 15, 5, 5, 6, 6 and 7 talk about prayer, I'm going to intermix. Okay? Because one and the other, they tend to go hand in glove. Does that make sense? We're going to intermix them. it's very appropriate to for each other. Well, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with, with songs of praise. Let's stop right there, verse 1 and 2 for a second. The call of God, the clear command here. In verse 1 and 2 is sing, make a joyful noise, be thankful, make a joyful noise. Psalms of the praise. Get the recurring theme there in two verses? There's some repetitiveness, isn't there? Sing, said twice, verse one and verse two. Make a joyful noise, verse 1 and 2, and then in the middle of it, let us come into His presence for thanksgiving. So two times, and by the way, in Hebrew, when something repeated, in serves what purpose? For very strong emphasis. We have four
1: repetitions here. In other words, even though I use different terms, it said four times,
0: isn't it? Juggle noise twice, sing twice. Juggle noise is talking about singing. So it's really four time revelation. I mean, this is like over the top of the times. You'll notice also it says the, 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 the call is. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. So the the psalm starts right off from the bat saying, Come on, everybody, let's come and sing. Come, sing.
1: Come, come, come. Now, obviously, in the Hebrew time frame, the Old
0: Testament time frame, uh, the clear emphasis is not appropriate. It still is today, although we know in the psalms there's a whole lot of songs, that are written that are life Take place outside
1: of corporate as well. So, what goes on in the corporate portion of time
0: is something that should be reflective of what goes on in the personal time. I hear people say all the time, by the way. I'm not trying to be cute here, so please don't do that. You're allowed to look at what about this. Um, I'm not trying to be cute. People say, Well, I can't sing or I don't enjoy singing. I just say this real quick. Some people say, Oh, yeah, I want to do this. No. This is really serious. People say, I don't like to sing or I don't sound good. Can I just say this real quick? It's not about you. We're not here worshiping you, we're not here worshiping your quality of voice. He does not say, sing in harmony. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say it's wrong, but not say it's wrong. But he does not say, you've got to be able to harmonize and forget it, I'm not interested. No, he says. Worship is not about you, it's about one much greater than you. We say, well, you know what, I just don't enjoy seeing the public. or I just can't say, I've heard of this many, many times.
1: I look at people and I say, okay, okay, Moses. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Okay, Moses. What? Anybody know what I'm talking about? With
0: what is it? Everybody's- what? Moses said he couldn't speak. God said what? No he, no. he said, who made your mouth? Right? If God's great enough to make your mouth, then excuses are invalid, aren't they? And by the way, that is just an excuse. I'm so conscious. Really? Try to find that in the scriptures as a reason not to sing. And ask yourself, again, where is that focus? Come, let us sing. And notice, it's not just let us sing, but it says sing what? To the Lord, doesn't it? It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. In other words, when we worship, we are in where? We are actually in the presence of God. He's receiving our worship. Sing to the one who receives your worship. Remember, we were singing. this. So we have the four times repeated here, <clears throat> and even in verses twenty-two, before we get to 3, 4, and 5, we are introduced to, did I say it? The fuel for the wood stove. And it answers the question, why don't we pray? Why don't we praise? Why don't we... Think... And by the way, it's... it's, it's yeah. It's really appropriate to find praise and prayer together. You know what, is why it's appropriate? It's praise the form of prayer. Does that make sense? Praise is the form of prayer. <laughs> why don't we? Here's why. What is the fuel and why don't we have, what, what fuel don't we have in our furnace as it were? which still, as it were? Here it is. Oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. What does he say next? To the rock of our salvation. Now hold that thought. Go down to verse 2. It continues. Come, let us come into his presence, or let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful life joy to him with songs of praise.
1: I want you to know what verse 2 says. In case thought, I don't think, in case
0: you thought what I just said was really weird, that you're actually coming to the presence of God, verse 2. You see it? You're actually, when you're singing praises to him, you're saying what? Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Now that's going to become really an interesting contrast
1: to in the last section
0: so hold the thought what are we doing in verse two? specifically verse 1 when he calls us to call God the rock our salvation Luke down to 3 and 4 and 5 notice what he says for the Lord is a what? great God end of verse 3 and a what? great king above all gods what do we talk about after that about putting on other coats to keep warm which are nothing more than idols. Verse 4, in his, that is God's hand, are what? The depths of the earth, all things, in other words, belong to him, and he has authority over all of them. They're in his hand, and the implication is his sovereignty, his power, his strength, his all-encompassing everything, as he moves on, The height of the mountains are his also, no matter how deep, no matter how high, it's all under his sovereign control. Verse 5. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Now we're introduced to his createdness, correct? He made it and he formed it. But what are we getting at here in verses 1 through 5? Well, the command is to do what? Verse 25, we say it two different ways. Give praise and sing, right? It's a two commands, aren't they? And of course, the third command is what? Come. Come. Absolutely. Which, by the way, has an implication of coming together in God's presence. Very strong and corporate. Sister. So the call is to give praise, to come, to sing. But the fuel of it all is what? I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. Take the end of verse 1, 3, 4, and 5, mash it all together, and give it a, give it a title. The fuel to the Gordon would fuel of praise, singing, and coming is what? What? Pretty simple, isn't it? But let's, let's, let's deal it a little bit deeper. Who he is. The point of the psalm is already in verses 1 through 5, and it answers to the level, why am I not singing praise? Why is my life not permeated? i singing praise. Why is my life not permeated? with desiring to come together, in the presence of God, to worship, to sing, to praise. Why is my day, day after day after day after day, not encapsulated by this idea of praise, singing? Why isn't it? Well, here's why. Because my day is not consumed with, what? Who God is. That's why. I'm not consumed with learning who God is. I'm not consumed with with discovering the new depths that I'm learning as I continue to fellowship His word. it was interested this week on Facebook a friend posted a, a quiz she posted it every day where she posted a quiz and said what's the big thing that, that Rahab did and everybody began to respond guess what, guess what the answer was about uh, no, the spies. she brought the spies and said it another way and Everybody's like yeah good that answer that's what it is. and I didn't see it because I said no that's not, that's not right. no the point is the central point of the story of Rahab is she is absolutely enthralled with the Hebrew God. That's the whole point, the greatest affection in the center of all of her dialogue with the spies is I am convinced that your God is the true God. And she talks about it. It's stunning to see. Why are we getting up caught up in the color? Because ultimately, I don't think you really want to know who the true God is. Because frankly, he's really uncomfortable. Back to Amos again. Frankly, the real God is really uncomfortable. And so what I do, I start gathering around false gods. I get involved with things that are just the color of the story, not the story. We get all enthralled, if I may go back to Samson because I love that story so much, we get all enthralled with, with the ideas that we got to make sure we choose our, our, our girlfriends and our wives well, and we've got to keep our, our, our promises so we miss the point that Samson is a picture of Christ, a really grotesquely flawed, flawed one, right? And God's saying, if I could do that with Him, the think I could do with a perfect one. Woo! That changed the whole story, doesn't it? But that's what we do, because a whole lot more comfortable to go, yeah, we'll take the morals
1: from the story, we'll
0: ignore it with a we Same with Same with everything we do. And we don't, as a result, we find ourselves having nothing to praise over. We have nothing to sing over. And we have no zeal, no draw, no, I can't wait to be with other believers so we can come together to do what? Praise God. Sing songs. That's what I'm wrong with. This was a result of the church. You know, we don't we shouldn't. And the way to church, we listen to everything but what we should. We're certainly in our, our heart trying to be able to lift these friends in preparation. After our church, our corporate gathering, we go out and... Immediately, we're talking about everything but right? mm-hmm. okay. okay. You know why? We <laughs> don't I, I find God. We don't know God. We We don't God. We we're just caught up. If we get caught up in the scriptures at all, it's almost inevitably caught up in looking through the scriptures to find out how I should act or react or what I should do about this, that, or something else, or how do I deal with this problem or that problem or another problem. It's not like I the scriptures? James, the scriptures so help me. He gave us the scriptures so that we can know the Son who He sent, John 17. And He's given us the Holy Spirit for that exact same reason. Now, when we begin to discover who He is, who His Son is, as you to discover who His Spirit is, you don't forget to happen? it. This kills one of the Father isn't it? He kills one of the ones suffering. Sometimes the temperature starts rising, your spirit is Before you know it, I find myself wanting to be a I find myself wanting to separate. I find myself wanting to be a good person. That's what it it to sick. And as I do that, and I tell other believers, you know what they start doing? They start, start sharing some fuel with me. That's what he started doing. And as they start to share fuel with me, what starts happening in the wood cell Spiritual Woodsell. Getting it's higher, isn't it? It's getting higher. It's getting It causes me to do do start doing what? Repentantly, what do I start doing? What? Taking off all that stuff after my You know what that is? I begin to start repenting. Shedding the idols. Does that make sense? That's what begins to happen. Because be- it starts becoming uncomfortable having to eat the house and all these idols. You know, they're incompatible with one another. But it only happens. Because I learned him, because I changed to see, and I begin to understand—not just—I mean, use tonight as an example. This is what we usually do: make a joyful noise to the Rock of our salvation. Yep, he's the Rock of my salvation. Okay, verse three. The Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. God and He all of the God. All the God's creations. Okay. Yeah. Verse four. Get his hands on the depths of the earth and the heights of the mountains are His also. Yep, yep. It's all under His control. God. Yeah. Okay. Verse five. The sea is His for He made it. And His hands for the dry land. Yep. Yeah, He's created. Okay. I'm good to go. Right? No. we haven't even started asking questions, have we? Let me give you a couple questions. Here's a question for you. Why did He tell you about that? That's a really important question. Why did He reveal that He was the Creator? Genesis 1 and 2, Psalm 95, here. Why did He not just... Now those two pastors other pastors reveal that, but not only that, why didn't He throw the whole Scriptures? point out his his authority, his power. Why do that? Really important questions. And they're not simple questions, by the way. They are questions that if you start asking yourself those questions, you know what you're going to do? You're going to keep answering, asking those questions. You know why? Because you're going to start to discover newer
1: and greater things about
0: Those are two simple questions, aren't they? Here's another one. Simple question. What are the ramifications of God being the creator? What are the ramifications of the authority? What are the ramifications the of His power? i back to verse 1. Easy and simple question. Not the answer. Easy simple question. What does I see it. He's the rock of our salvation. What does that mean? My goodness, you can throw that one forever. What does that mean? Why, going back to the original question, why did he choose to reveal that? Here's another question we ask ourselves. What does he expect an appropriate response to be? What does he expect a response to be? Does he expect a response? And if so, what would be an appropriate response? Are there there any place in the scripture that present either by illustration, description, or by prescription, what an appropriate response to that would be? question, isn't it? Correct? Nobody agreed with me. Is that a good question? I mean, I'm not saying that I'm so wise, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to help us understand that. Our grand task as a redeemed person is to, like can be blind to What would do you that? Does that make sense? Because he revealed it to us. And that's the point of this. Why don't I sing? Why don't I sing praise? Why don't I make a joyful noise to the Lord? Why is that not characteristic of my life? Why isn't the greatest drive in my life is not to fellowship of <coughs> believers? The answer to this is pretty simple, isn't it? There's no fuel in the fire. There's no fuel in the stone. Well, maybe there's a little bit of kindling in the room. Y'all know how quick the kindling goes out, right? Nothing in the stone. Cold, dead, ashes. See, our problem is we say, well, I just got to Better saying like, no. I need to repent Will you do what? Know him. Does that make sense? Fellowship with him. Learn of him. Eat of the bread of life. Drink the springs of living water. Discover. Learn. He goes 67. So come. <laughs> Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord. Let us worship and bow down. It's interesting. Let us worship and bow down. Those are agreements with one another. Not two totally separate acts. They're agreements with one another at all. consider an ultimate value. Let us worship and let us bow down. What do you think means let us bow down? Several things. But. What? Submit? What else? That's we're Honor? Good. Acknowledging its worthiness? What else? How about On the Lord, right? Right? You can't build up. But you can't humble ourselves for the Lord? You cannot humble yourself without acknowledging his greatness. And like, can I submit to you one step beyond that, Charles? You can't humble yourself without acknowledging his greatness
1: and
0: understanding what you're doing by the greatness. Is that kind of stupid? Right? I can write down of the greatness, but I don't understand understand his greatness. I don't understand his greatness. I have nothing, no clue about his greatness, or very little. And the storyline here is not just about how we could acknowledge, it's with understanding. We see that in 1 through 5, don't we? We see that 6 and 7 as well. The idea of worship and bow down includes, and in front and center again is the idea of humbleness, submission, worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, Creator. Go right back to verse five. Does He? Let us kneel before the Lord, and Maker. Verse seven It
1: says. Why? Well, that's word for it? Why? Well,
0: because of our what? He is our God! Now, let me just stop now for a second. If you read that, He is our God, and you say, yep, that's right. I'm just trying this intense and practical and real as so possible. It's very easy to read. You don't want the Lord your God, or you don't the Lord because He's your God, or He's your maker, right? very easy to just read that and move on. But when we get to he is our God, it has to cause the reader, if you're thinking at all spiritually, prayerfully, worshipfully, humbly, to ask yourself, what does that mean? Verse 7, for he is your God. For he is our God. What does that mean? If we know one thing for sure, he's not what? Everybody's correct. Do we know that for sure. He's not everybody's God, is he? Narrow is the way, right? If you, so you there be what, to find it. Jesus refers Himself there, so it just to say, few there be to find Him. So we know the vast majority of people, He is not their God, even in the, in the Old Testament times, and for a in full vision of reference. Coming out of Egypt and out in the out of the wilderness. But for the Israelites, immediately that you're gonna to have to think, if you're an Israelite, you're gonna think, yeah, those Egyptians weren't their God's God. I'm sorry. God was not the Egyptian's God. What, he? God was not Egypt God. What? No, Egypt's God, was he? No, and the other then is what? It's, it's, it's tenfold. <laughs> Plagues and the drowning, right? The plagues, and the drowning, are pretty clear. He was not their God. Ah, uh, but the Hebrew people, but the Hebrew people, he was. And a short time after they come out, he established the so, when you read the beginning of verse 7, you're reading through this Bible, you say, for he is our God, the automatic stop right there should be like, wait a second, what? It should cause us to immediately begin to reflect, right? Should it not begin to re- cause us to begin to reflect about those who don't have good their God? And should it not begin to help us reflect about when he wasn't our God? And should it not begin to reflect forward about the ramification of what it means to be my God? All well, the way to ultimate destiny? The ultimate judgment? An eternal sin? This little statement in the beginning of verse 7 combined with verse 6 should cause the reader Who is learning of God to stop for a second and say, what are the ramifications? What does that mean? What is all the backstory to this? I begin to think about that. I begin to think about the reality that I should just just write to second. I should be feeling just like that form of the church. I should be someone just like the Jewish martyrs of the <laughs> before
1: We you know I'm starting to think about like sin, don't
0: I? Of course, you know what? I started to think about it using a drawing not And now I've just burned up four or five hours, haven't I? I haven't scratched the surface. If I'm not singing praises and bowing down to worship, something's wrong, isn't it? How could I not? For four hours, I've been throwing fuel the fire.
1: People say, well, it's Steve, but hold on, yeah, the course,
0: I got to work. You know? What can you do? Christine, hold on back to the horses. I got a family to raise. Man. That's all okay. so, the day been. there. all the again. Well, too, of Romans 11, are prompted to you. If you go in of Same. My work is from the My family is from through, food. Excuse me. I don't know. don't they? Like, I don't I don't know. I the mean, I don't sure I don't know. the don't the I I off the they Verse seven. our God? We are the people? What? Now, um, you can't spend some time thinking of that one. Really? My goodness, the richness of the picture he painted, it's stunning, isn't it? He's not just our God. He's not just our maker, but we are the people of His pasture. What are the of that? Help me out. What? Intimacy. What else? What? Providing for us, caring for us. What else? Protection, spiritual protection. What else? Possession. What else? Okay, they're watching over. Let me go on and on right here, can't we? Somebody say ownership? Possession ownership. Good, good. We have the people in the pasture start thinking through these things. You know, we just opened up like six different possibilities that we need to think about, not possibilities, realities. that we in meditation. Think about those they all show some things like, you know, don't they? Especially when we hold the to our and because all like Halloween, like, she had thinking yeah. through, where's well, the person from, yeah. just exploring and the whole time we're doing it, we're doing we we are the people whose pasture your sheep, his, and she is. Yeah. what do you get when you Let's read that? Do you hear intimacy? Closeness? Care? Gentleness? Caressing even? And how was the discipline as well? Right? Does that make sense? You cool. now we need the contract. I know I'm running back, we're running far here, but...
1: I'll be quick
0: in verses, In um, verse 7 through 11. Today, you hear the earnestness? You hear it? Today. it sounds like Hebrews? today while it's still today today if you hear his voice we're going to change it right now if you hear his voice in the study of Psalm 95 today right now this moment if you hear his voice if you don't cry out to him hey if you hear his voice that hard of your heart is paralyzed but Referring to when they're out playing and they had no water. Right? No water. Verse 9: when your father put me to the test and put me to the proof, so they had seen my word. Here he we just said, here's the strong warning that God is giving through the psalmist to the reader or singer of this song. Today, this moment, if you hear your voice, his voice, don't be like your ancestors. Don't be like the people out in the wilderness. And can I help you out a little bit here? It's expected by the psalmist. He didn't write all the backstory. It's expected that he could think through the backstory. Don't be like the people out in the wilderness wandering who rebelled, who complained. Right with God because they didn't have water. Are you kidding me?
1: That's not fun. I say that to myself when I complain. Well, Rumble, Say
0: Spanish. Are you kidding me? Think through the back story. They were what in Egypt? They were slaves in Egypt. As slaves in Egypt, they didn't have food.
1: They barely had some assistance food that they had to grovel for and work their butts off for. And in
0: the midst of all that, they had to do what? They had to make bricks. And by the way, this is not a nice neat factory, brick-making factory they have. They didn't work eight-hour shifts. And they had people beating them with whips, as they were making bricks. And their slave owners didn't provide food for them. They were eating whatever they could find. And then, it got worse, didn't it? Because then, their slave owners said, we're taking away some and making you some of the supplies, to make the bricks, you gotta make more. It was a horrific situation. But you know what that picture is? life under the rule of the evil one. What it is. Yes. Egypt is. Life under the rule of the evil one. If that's where you were, that's where I was. That's where they
1: were. God with amazing mercy
0: brought them out of my Just like you is rescuers on the line of And rescuers are a slain, the the of the Who have? The storyline is naturally alive. We have a stunning story of redemption, and we have an st- amazing story, don't we? And that's what he says here in the passage when he says, verse nine, "When your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, while they'd seen my word. what they did, they, do? they said, basically, with a." the children of Israel were saying to to God was what? What have you done for me lately? Serious? Really? Redemption? Rescue? Destruction of the enemy? That sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Provision? Care? Promise? From a promise making promise keeping God and in a moment when they were a little thirsty, and there's no indication at all they were dying of thirst. The people were dropping over dead. There's no indication. They were just thirsty.
1: What did they do? They were praying for a woman.
0: And they all the focus on the love. Just cause. Physical. That should be stunning to us. That should be shocking to us. That should cause us to fall on our face. And humbly. There's a It's not about slowing down and saying, wait a second, I'm really hungry. He's not saying that I'm thirsty. But the picture is, what should have happened with the people who were singing praise to God were focused on who God is, that's why they were singing we're focused on who he is and, and what he's all about and what his goals and he reveals and everything else. It should have been, "I'm thirsty." Shouldn't it have been? I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm thirsty. Well, what should he, What should have followed up next? Well, God may provide water or may not, right? He didn't promise water, did he? There's no place in good to find water. He promised water, but he did promise what? Them. Love them. Be merciful. He promised to do his best for them. I may thank you, but may not. What? And he's promised to take <laughs> to go that. Money. He that, he He's promised to take the little handful of milk and honey, honey hasn't Which means what? They're not going to die. I think so. Matthew. Chapter Great. What a beautiful picture. It's totally focused on who God is. After learning the story about how the Israel is going to die, Israel is going die, and being down on where it is, he says, Even it all captain, Shadow Light. Well. I will rejoice in God, right? I love the choice of words. That's an appropriate response by someone who's focused not on my come tongue's getting a little thick and my mouth is dry I'm thirsty. He recognizes it and he says, you know what? I, he commented back, he comments about it. He says, you know, I'm i afraid. He says in chapter 3. Spirit. But he's focused on something God it. God's so even if to die, or that was that's possible, you can have, have a little choice Don't be like those in the wilderness who did what? That's the point. And, and don't miss it. It's not, don't be like them and, and grumble. Don't be like that. Don't grumble. No, that's not what he's saying. That's what we think he's saying. That's not what, what he's saying. He's not saying don't grumble, don't complain. What he's really saying is on these idols, but instead, what is that? Mean? Know who your God is and get fuel for your wood stove. Because when you have fuel for your wood stove, you can I just give this one? You're okay being thirsty to death. You're okay You're okay starving to death. You're okay with okay that. Really, Steve? serious? Yeah, maybe stage. You know, it wasn't first or hungry, but it was kind of worse than that. You're you in prison? silence? What are they doing?
1: They're doing <laughs> what?
0: See, <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about you? My natural. Right, I'm by being arrested, wrongly thrown in prison, and then I am beaten in prison by the prison guard. And then the earthquake comes, and I'm set free. What do you think I'm going to do? Um, I'm probably going to stop by the prison guard's house and meet the culprits before I get the run for it. Maybe find a weapon, take it to him. That sounds kind of natural, doesn't it? What does Paul do? Don't kill yourself! I've made you every stain. What do you think you know about? Jesus.
1: It's insane, isn't it? Yeah, you
0: don't know, have to know about it. What kind of people are like, that is absolutely right. So, the fuels are Notice the worst scenario in chapter 25. In 40 years I loathe that generation that generation, and said, there are people who go astray, are their to heart. you don't believe what I'm saying on the text yet, here it is. End of verse 10. What? not that sums it all up, doesn't it? They go astray and like, I don't know my ways. Well, of course they're going to go astray. They're my ways. They're my way in. They're my way in. And in the most horrifying state, verse 11, therefore, it goes back to the truth. Therefore, it's important to grab, they shall not be My words. They shall not be what
1: that means, what that means, that
0: means, that means, that means, that means, that mercy. He's not- long suffering you we know, you know it we know in here. long suffering is not forever that's the early thing you know I I my, my lungs are still like every like school
1: going through
0: our our mind, are children old we are afraid to say it be Come. Let us sing the Lord. More importantly, come,
1: come. First, like now, the Come the now, more central. Huh.
0: And okay. for the probate, I'm going to, okay. uh, to right. right. it. the Thank you for the word, thank you give to us, so much thank you for giving us a scripture to introduce us to you who are. Tell us everything we possibly can tell us we here, I can acknowledge that we rejoice in the Lord himself.